Hello all and welcome back to Between the Cuffs. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing a friend of mine from the industry and together we're going to be diving into the world of sex work. We're going to discuss his personal journey throughout the industry, the importance and problems that come along with trans representation in porn, and the reality versus the fantasy of being a performer or an audience member. So without further ado, let's just get on into the episode. Okay, so something I like to do when I have people come and interview with me is just give them the floor so they can do an introduction. So I'd love if you could introduce yourself to us, give anything that you identify as, and provide a little bit of background for you, both professionally and personally, so we know a little bit about you as a human. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm Haskell, Haskell Holland. I've been making porn for about six years now. 2017 is when I started. Um, I graduated in 2021 with an art major. I'm a ceramics major, so I love to make ceramics. I'm trans. I'm bisexual. I'm a masochist. I could go into more labels, but I guess those are the good the good three that work. And I live kind of close to L.A., like 30 minutes away. So technically in L.A. terms, that means I live in L.A. <laughs> yeah, I definitely hear you. That must be really convenient for, for work purposes, huh? Yeah, I'm not a city person, so it's nice to like live close enough but not live there yeah all the benefits without any of the cons of living in the city i see you exactly exactly well that's great well haskell i'm really happy to have you speaking of you know you said you've been making porn for about six to seven years now i'd love to start a discussion focused on your background in the industry so i'd love to learn how you first got started as a sex worker um, it was back in the days on Tumblr. I was just posting nudes and enjoying myself. And then I had some people start to ask me, oh, can I buy some videos from you and whatnot? So, you know, I've always loved porn. I've always not necessarily that I just like being trans. I guess I just never knew that it was a possibility that that's something that I could be, you know. So I was like, oh, when I realized that I could do porn, I was like, oh, I'm going to do porn. So, you know, people started buying some stuff on Tumblr. And then an ever so slight blessing in disguise, Tumblr decided to not allow adult content anymore. So that had me go to Twitter and OnlyFans. And then I started posting more on there. And then my boyfriend and I started making some content. And then in 2020, that's when I started working with other people and making quote unquote collabs. That's awesome. I I love that you had a gradual but steady start into the industry so you weren't like getting burned out or overwhelmed at first yeah what did you think was the most challenging aspects starting out and that could be both on your tumblr or when you first started working with others yeah i mean when i first started working with other people it was especially you know that was kind of the the height of the pandemic did not choose the best time to do that but you know it is what it is um so it was a little and just being a trans masculine person it can be hard to find people to work with so you know it's it's been gradual for sure and even today i still go through those difficulties but that was something definitely especially then that i struggled with is like navigating how to find people to work with and how to approach them and asking about that and all that stuff sure would you say you found more improvement in that area of what you do for work nowadays or is it still like you're saying somewhat of a consistency thing 
Um, I mean, it can still be difficult, but obviously it's definitely easier now, you know, that I've built, um, a platform and I have, you know, videos for other people to reference to be like, oh, okay, this guy's legit. Yeah, that's fair. Speaking of the platform you've sort of built for yourself over the last few years, how did you determine the direction that you wanted to take your brand? And then how did you go about executing it once you figured that out? I, (laughs) no plans or anything, just kind of going with the flow and figuring out what works along the way, you know, I'm, I'm doing it all by myself. So just having to figure out what works best, what doesn't work best. So that's just kind of been my, my whole journey of sex work. Sure. It it seems like just across the board, it's been something very fluid for you and you're taking more of a natural approach as far as like, you know, you could be trying to constrain it into other things, at least from how you're explaining it. So that's really cool to hear. And it's awesome to hear that you know, everything's going really well for you. I, I think that when people can flourish in the industry, that's a really huge blessing. So I'm, I'm very happy to, to hear that. I would say I'm flourishing. I'm I'm surviving. <laughs> I'm, I'm surviving. I'm getting by, you know, but um, yeah. I would like to continue to be a sex worker. So let's, let's keep those fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. How would you describe our community of sex workers? And that could be general statements or or a little more specific it's totally up to you well yeah vast i mean there's a whole plethora of porn people so i couldn't necessarily say it one way or another you know there's the trans porn community there's the kink porn community there's the gay porn community you know there's very communities within communities so it's a mix of good and bad you know there's a lot of clicks and favoritism and stuff like that but at the same time you know when you find your people you find your people so yeah well to to then get a little more specific how would you describe our trans porn community you can also be clicky you know there's um every i think community has its own clicks but in general you know it's it's a good one i think we're somewhere where we've never been before in the sense that you know we're there's we're succeeding and there's so many of us getting to do things without the help of cis people. So I think that's really awesome. But at the same time, you know, there's also not enough room left for trans men and studio stuff and whatnot. So, you know, it, but in general, trans to trans, we're, we're good for the most part. There's some, you know, tiffs and whatnot that anyone will have. But in general, that's definitely where I feel like my most, my most, personal support is not financial support but personal support and that 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 really counts you know so yeah absolutely i i feel like how i view the trans sex work community it's like a really big small town if that makes sense yeah it pretty much you know like if you've ever had just a trans community in person that you've been with it's very you know like incestuous in a way like we all know each other you know we've yeah. all like been with each other so that's kind of i guess how it is with the trans porn community, but I guess it's a little bit bigger. For sure. It's definitely good to see that as a community, specifically, you know, the trans community, we're, we're getting bigger. And like you're saying, we're doing things without the help of cis people, which is really awesome. I, I think there's definitely still room to grow, but we're, we're doing well, which makes me really happy. What would you say is a, is a common or a prevalent stigma to sex work? Goodness gracious, I guess from an outside perspective, you know, there's this idea that we're, it's funny because I think of whore and slut as a good thing, right? But that that's a bad thing to them. We're, you know, unsafe and dirty and whatnot. So there's a lot of that. But then 
you know, you see all these things about OnlyFans girls and whatnot. So there's definitely lots of big feelings about sex work outside of it. But I think that those comes with a lot of people who don't know sex workers personally, you know? Yeah, definitely. They take a very, like, closed garden walled approach to it. And they go in with no information and then choose not to increase that foundation of information. Totally. Which is, which is really harmful sometimes. Yeah. I feel as though I am consistently seeing a lot of performers that are just getting started in the industry, and then I watch them burn out within their first year. I, I think sex work is really hard, but I've also noticed that a frequently shared thing between performers and pros is the importance of having thick skin in order to make it by. Oh, would you, would you say you agree with that? And then yes. if you do, how does, how does this look in terms of your own career? Yeah, I mean, you got to have such thick skin, you know, and that's some advice that I could even take, you know, especially as a trans man in the industry. There is a lot of favoritism, a lot of, you know, it's very cis-centered, even in the trans perspective, you know, like it's all based on what directors want and what maybe they personally want. So, yeah, you and there's plenty of times, you know, when someone you want to work with doesn't want to work with you and you just got to learn how to, you know, got to deal with that. And it's especially hard, we know, when they see them interacting with a bunch of people that are your friends or that you know. And it's like, it's hard not to take it personal, even though it's a professional setting, you know. But then sometimes people make their profession personal, you know. They only want to have sex with people that they're attracted to, even though it's for money and on camera, you know. So everyone navigates their work differently. But in general, yeah, you got to have tough tough skin and especially as a trans person i cannot tell you how many times there is just awful transphobic rhetoric being spewed by random ass bitches that i don't even know in my mentions you know and i'm sure you can relate to that yeah a hundred percent i think it's really just unfortunate and and going off of what you said about the poor portrayal of trans rhetoric in the sex community i mean it is 2023 i feel like we've made a lot of really great progressive advances and we're still using slurs to refer to trans people within porn. What does it feel like to get the opportunity to work for positive trans representation companies like uh, tra uh, Transnificent, for example? Like, how does it feel to be a part of something like that? <laughs> that being one of the only few websites that actually hires trans men. Um, very nice. It's, ni it's nice to have a website that not only includes trans men, but focuses on them, you know? So... There are not many opportunities like that for trans men, especially, but you know, it's when they are, it's, it's very flattering and a wonderful thing to be able to experience and be included in. It's, it's definitely hard to find ways to throw your roots out there right now, but it, it's good to see that at least it's changing, albeit slowly, you know? Yeah. You know, like even if, even if just a few of us are getting hired on men.com, it's still worth celebrating, you know? During that last question where I was asking about um, thick skin and how it relates to your career in particular, I wanted to ask how how that changes and if it does change between production-based shoots with production groups or independent shoots uh, with independent artists or performers. Well, like I said, again, trans men just like, <laughs> I've been in the industry for six, seven years and I've only had four or five studio shoots you know and one of those studios doesn't even 
hire trans men anymore, you know? And the only reason I've gotten most of those shoots is because I had a cis friend say, hey, I want Haskell to be my scene partner. So, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. I- I'm sorry that that's it just a realistically unfortunate thing that yeah, but um, not the yeah, personally, um, personally dealing with that, you know, um, because professionally it could be hard to feel, you know, but at the same time you're like, oh, okay, I guess it's a bigger issue than just me, you know. So it could be a little harder when it's more personal, you know. But I think it's a lot better when people are just honest and upfront as opposed to you know like pretending that they want to work with you when they don't and vice versa, you know. Yeah. I, when I was checking out your accounts for the first time and just like kind of going through your various pages and your bios and stuff, I saw that you made the jump to full-time sex work within the last three to five years. Is that correct? Yeah, 2020 is when I went full-time. That's, that's awesome. Um, as you are now doing this full-time, what would you say is your biggest pro as a full-time employee in this industry? And then what would you say your biggest con is? My biggest con is that every month I don't know if I'm going to make rent. <laughs> that is hella fucking fair. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of people suspect that because of the following I have, I make a lot of money. But, you know, and times change, you know. I used to make a lot more money than I do now because the, the industry is just, I don't know, it's a whole thing. Pro, um... Being able to be my own boss, especially as a disabled person, I have ulcerative colitis. That's a big reason why I went to full-time sex work is I'm like, I can't work another vanilla job. And that's kind of what I'm struggling with right now is I'm like, I might have to return back to that kind of field. So I'm trying to figure out how to manage that, you know, but um, yeah, it's the hard part about sex work is never knowing no, nothing's ever a guarantee as far as finances go. Um, but yeah, the pro, the connections. Um being able to learn so much more about myself and to be my own boss. Yeah. That's great. I, I definitely agree with how volatile sex work is on the financial side. And for whatever reason, people just assume from the outside in that everyone is just rolling in cash, so to speak. Yeah. But it's, it, it's very much to the real world that, you know, it's like a 1% where there's like the people making the money, money. And then there's most of us who are barely getting by. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to ask, as you, you shared that you're disabled, I, I'm also disabled, and I don't need to really get into that right now because I wanted to focus on you, but I wanted to see if being disabled and a sex worker, like, does that inform or, or change your approach to how you go about with work in any sense? Um, To an extent, you know, I mean, I have to be mindful of my body with my flare-ups and whatnot, so sometimes that can interfere with my work. I might have to reschedule a shoot or do it later in the day and sometimes I get sick in the middle of my shoots you know stuff happens so that definitely does impact my work and um yeah I don't I don't receive anal sex because of my colitis so sometimes you know it's annoying that people will fault you for your limits as a sex worker but you know sometimes when you have things that you're not capable of doing that's unfortunately gonna negatively affect you and that's really fucking annoying but at least i have other things going for me that make up for it you know like i have a good first hole (laughs) absolutely well two out of of three of them work (laughs) well well that's good and and thank you for the vulnerability and and sharing that i really appreciate it no totally Um, you said that 
sex work has also given you an opportunity to learn a bit more about yourself. And I was curious to see if gender identity came into play at all, because, you know, everything is a spectrum. And I was just curious to see if things like gender or things like orientation, you know, were these things that you felt more fluidity or confidence even to explore? To the smallest extent, I feel like that that whole aspect of what you're talking about more arose to me when I came out as trans as opposed to like, you know, being in sex work, you know, but sex work has allowed me definitely to, you know, like be with people that I normally never would be with, you know, especially like beautiful women, for instance. I'm like, in what world would I get to interact with beautiful women? <laughs> but even now in sex work, I got to have sex with them. What? A, what? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was just curious because I, I hear different answers from different people about about this. And I just wanted to see how that personally came into play with you. Yeah, to um, an extent, but not too much. You know, I feel like my gender and my sexuality is it's very fluid and very solid at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shifting back to the note of trans representation and just kind of how skewed we are right now do you think there's anything that we can be doing within the community or that allies to the community can be doing to kind of help change the pace or do you think it's a little bit bigger than that i mean i think it's a little bit bigger than that but also yeah you know advocacy goes a long way especially in the hands of cis people to be honest or you know bigger trans performers um like I said, two of the studio scenes that I got is because a cis per- one of my cis friends said, I want Haskell to be my scene partner. So, like, I can't tell you how helpful it is to just have, like, a cis person in the studio scene just be like, hey, you should hire this trans man or hire this person, you know, or just have those conversations and stuff like that. Because so much of it is just, you know, we know it, but we don't talk about it. So it's kind of time to talk about it because we all know damn well that it's about time we have trans men on set. I'm I'm really happy to hear you saying that here because I, I hope that even if this reaches one person, it can reach them well, you know, and, and so I, I really appreciate that sentiment. As as a trans performer, how do you find your approach to networking has to be because it's definitely a little bit different to try and network when you're trans than when you're when you're cis. And oh, absolutely. That's, that's not to knock cis people and it's to acknowledge the oversaturation of cis people. So how has your approach had to change to continue being in the industry? Well, you know, first of all, Twitter's new. There's so many things that have made it more difficult to connect with people because of all the changes or X or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, but you can't DM people who are, quote unquote, verified if you're not verified. So there's a lot of people, you know, that I would like to reach out to, but I can't because of that. And I'm like. I'm not going to pay $10 or however much it is so I can <laughs> send a message. People. Yeah. Yes. I can message people. I'm good. Um, but yeah, it can be hard to, you know, do stuff like that. Like a lot of times I'll reach out to people based off. I see them um, working or interacting with other trans men. And then it gets really frustrating. Cause it's like, what do you mean you don't want to work with? And it, of course, you know, every trans man is different, but like, it's just like, you're talking to my friends, like my friends. What do you mean you don't want to fuck me? And also, it's so weird because you know, I guess I have such a professional mindset. I'm just like, I I'm not super, 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 super desperate to fuck you either. I'm just trying to make money, man. Like, <laughs> 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 so 
So, you know, people definitely make it personal and stuff like that. And I feel like that's a little bit of cis privilege to be able to be like, oh, I'm going to make this, you know, my personal perfect, my personal preferences and, and trinkle that into my work, you know, like I'm more than happy to say no to people that I don't think would work out with, but I also, you know, say yes to some people that I'm not maybe personally attracted to. Definitely. Yeah. It's important to kind of break that reality versus fantasy archetype and remember that like as personable as you can approach this it is still income you know this still is a job i wish i could i've had to cut back on filming with anyone who's not a cis man recently because my fans are like we want to see you as cis men i'm like i don't want you to control my life but also i need money so that's what you want i guess i'll have to do more of that so you know adjusting to what your fans want and not some like wow, what a privilege it must be to, like, do what you want to do the whole time. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not what I want to do, but, you know, it's just, like, I have to really adjust my priorities and, and say no to some things that I would like to do because they're not going to financially benefit me. And it's and people take that personally, but I'm like, no, this is my job and my life. So, you know, that's another spectrum of it on the other side when people, because I've been there trying to tell people no, you know, but it's like, this is about, what's going to work best for me. And that's not me being selfish or anything. That's just, this is my job, my life. I wanted to touch back because you made a comment about Twitter or fucking X is there to really trying to push right now and, and, and kind of shift onto social media censorship and how that plays into sex work. Cause it's social media is probably one of the bigger keystones to staying just a yeah, float in the industry. I mean, for so many reasons, like we've already talked about marketing, networking, etc. And, you know, Instagram is, is pretty strict on, on that. I mean, I, I just barely got my Instagram back a couple of days ago because I got, yeah. you know, censored. And um, the reality of how social media censorship is, is it simply is a disproportionate amount that it affects sex workers and trans people, let alone trans sex workers at all. And right now, we're in a really interesting situation because Instagram is really cracking down. Uh, Twitter is going to shit. And that's probably the biggest platform for all sex workers as far as social media. Yeah, and totally. then we have this this Blue Sky app now that they're trying to launch. But it's like, it's kind of like peeking out your window of your house, you know, because like there's not really anything going on outside. But there's nothing so. going on inside either. Yeah. Very um, much. What What's some advice that you could give with this censorship in mind to people who are maintaining activity on social media? You know, it, do you even have a piece of advice? Because I know it's kind of a tricky playing field. Yeah, I just, you know, be careful, be mindful. No, learn the algorithm, I guess. You know, the algorithm is very against me. I, I've i been doing sex work for six years and I don't even have 100,000 followers yet. And there are people who like started in June or July and they already have that, you know? It's all about like the algorithm and viral shit, you know? Like someone can work with one guy and they get 3,000 retweets and all of a sudden they're on top of the world. And I'm like, huh, that's awesome. I'm so stoked for you. But also like I've been doing this for six or seven years and I still have never made that many you know um retweets or followers or anything like that and at the end of the day they don't mean that much you know like again people think i have way more money than i do because of my followers but at the same time like viral stuff does help people generate followers 
So I don't know. It's difficult. It's like, would you rather gradually get them or get them all at once? You know, it's 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 hard. Sure. And there's also that like that mental fuckery that comes around. Like, let's say you have a good post that that really does well across engagement. And then because it was just that one off thing, you don't see the return. Now you've got a dopamine withdrawal because your oh, brain totally. is, is yeah, looking for the same. Yeah. yeah, it's really fucked up. It's like a constant ego high and drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I was curious to see if you had any performers that you really admire or or look up to. You know, another sense of the word. Because uh, I'd I'd love to hear about that. I feel like it says a lot about people. Ooh, I'm always bad at thinking of people on the spot. I guess someone I always think of when I think of you know someone who is just doing it right but is also just the right kind of person is austin spears antifa bussy yes one of my great friends he's one of the first people i worked with a few years ago he's just always been true to himself and i just love that so much and it's so admirable but you know he's also very palatable at the same time so i think that's really cool of him and a lot of times you know we don't control this you know just the way we look you know and stuff like that he has a very twinky body, you know, and stuff like that. He has lots of tattoos, so he's very marketable and stuff like that. But he never state loses himself of staying true to himself. So I think that's so fucking cool and amazing. And I think more people should be like him. Oh, I I love that sentiment, and and I love that you mentioned him. I I'm a huge fan, and so that was yeah, really he, cool. He's a really great person. I really admire him a lot. Yeah, that that's great. Um, are there any? performers or other studios with whom you'd really like to work with in the future um i'd love to work for men.com they're starting to hire some trans mass people and i i love how i love some good improv and silly situations i love to mix the silly and sexy so i love that they do that i've worked with Kimros before but i would love to go back i think i had a really great time working with them and i'd like to go one of their retreats um because it was just a one day thing um that i had so i enjoyed that and i would like to go back um yeah i think a lot of a few things that i think of you know is like things that i'd like to go back to um i won't go into too much detail about it because there are many opinions internally and externally with other people about kink.com but um i did work with kink a few years ago back when they hired trans men so all I can say is that I hope that they start hiring trans men again, because I think I would make a really good fit on that website. And I have lots of friends who have been on that site and have and work for that site. So it's just a matter of getting the bigger people to allow that to happen. Absolutely. Well, well hopefully talking about it here can can start helping you continue manifesting that energy for totally. yourself. Totally. You know, I definitely would just like in general, I guess, you know, studio stuff is fun, too. I'm always down for that. Um Say Uncle is another one. Guy Bone is another one. Um, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about any of these studios, but you know, all these studios, I would like to work for for them. But I also give them a call to action to you know just start hiring trans men more in general. You know, um, so I hope that with the one or two people that they've hired, they can start to hire more. And I'd also just like to you know experience any more. There aren't many kink sites i guess nowadays are bondage stuff you know it's more like um individual studios and whatnot so yeah there's a few bondage people that i like to work with and whatnot but can't think of any other kink studios that i'm waiting to cross off the list 
that's super fair. I, I agree that there's not a ton of like really out there BDSM or, or kink CDs. I mean, everybody's heard of kink.com, but like, what else, you know? Um, yeah, I'm like, what about the ones that include trans people? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, I'm curious, do you have any, any bondage practitioners to name here too? I would love to work with um, Sir Malice out in New York. Um, we have talked plenty of times and I would love to work with him. Um, someone I've worked with, but I would like to work with again. I only mentioned him because he's from Germany and he was visiting here. So it's a very special situation and I would like to have it to happen again. Um, Lucio Davioli, um, fetish Dom Berlin. He's also really great. Yeah. I've been very, you know, there's plenty of people I still want to work with, but I've been very fortunate to work with like a lot of people that like, I would die to work with, you know, like um, Dark Tech Studios, Elise Graves, Goddess Tangent, Veronica Vixen. Those are all people I've worked with. I'm just like, how have I worked with you? <laughs> no, I, I oh, just saw something with you and Elise, actually, I think today or yesterday. And I yeah. know that y'all work together. That was really awesome. I, I really admire what. Yeah, um... every, every time I try to go out to the Bay, we try to make it um, a trip for me to work with her. So we always do really fun stuff. And, you know people like her I really admire because I'm just like you have an established bondage website but you still choose to include trans people in it and that's how Veronica Vixen is too and I'm just like that's great and that's how it should be you know and mm. Mr. Sobet out in Texas um she came out here and I worked with her would love to work with her again in a much more intense situation because it was that was just the, the start you know just some of the staples and speculums and zaps, those are only just the beginning. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm such a fucking just freak when it comes to fetish play. I mean, that's, that's oh, totally. really my, my forte. So Yeah, I know you relate. So, um, yeah, I highly admire um, people who have an established site, but still, you know, choose to have maybe not the most popular people or the most popular bodies, you know, because a lot of people, especially with femdom, they want, you know, a skinny handsome white gimp you know like stuff like that so <laughs> yeah. it's nice to be able to expand beyond that and i think gay kink scenes in particularly especially are the nastiest when it comes to being exclusive and you know not including people so i would definitely like to work with more um men who are interested in bondage you know i don't feel like there's not enough men who are willing to work with trans men in the kink scene sure yeah that's a shame but i i unfortunately agree and i see that every like day. listen i have a bigger pain tolerance and threshold than three-fourths of y'all yeah i i but who's counting who's counting yeah <laughs> I, I found that i've been in positions a lot where my top or like bondage handler made just assumptions because i'm i'm trans and non-binary that i i can't handle as much or just you know they just made an assumption and i i didn't get what i wanted out of that scene which really sucks yeah or you see these studios working with people i'm just like i could get hit 12 times harder than that (laughs) (laughs) um i would love to kind of hone in on the studio process with you because i think it you know we've discussed some some challenges here however i do think it would be a good resource just for people on the outside of the industry to learn about and just, again, it's the reality versus fantasy of, of the porn you're jacking off to, right? Yeah. And there's so much that comes into it. And that's so much more beyond, like, camera angles and posing and, and just all this crap, you know? So I, I'd love to 
just have you explain what it's like to actually be on a set <laughs> as the performer, you know? Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, I've only done a few different studio scenes, but in general, it usually goes, get there, you talk for a long time, you sign paperwork, and then you take a bunch of pictures together. Sometimes you'll even run through the entire scene as if you're actually doing it and just take pictures. So a lot of times Trimax and Viagra is needed because you're going to be hard for hours. Hours, you'll be hard. <laughs> or be ready to be get hard and soft constantly, you know, whatever, whatever is easier for you. <laughs> and so the pictures and then you film the stuff and you might do an interview afterwards. And that's about it. Yeah. Do you feel as though you don't have as much control as you'd like when you're working with like actual people who are directing a scene and stuff like that, as opposed to when you're in control? Um, yeah, sure. To an extent, you know, um, I definitely leave the reins more in their hands. You know, I'm not, I am not going to be as like vocal about what, you know, like my angles, like, oh, get my sh get me here you know, or something like that. So that's kind of more just handing the reins to other people. But, you know, um, in studios, you know, there's less suggestions and more instructions. So I guess that's the biggest difference is, you know, with filming for something for yourself, you have a lot more free reign on what you want to do. Yeah, I definitely think that's the biggest divide between independent and production. So as we're kind of coming and wrapping things up, I'd love to shift gears and take a more personal tone because I saw you went to Folsom this year and that is really awesome. And It was my first time. Oh, that's even cooler. So yes, that's perfect because I wanted to talk to you about Folsom. And for those of you who don't know, Folsom is one of the largest running and longest running sex and, and kink, just not even performances. It's, it's almost like a festival at, at this point. And they have they have an East Coast and a West Coast, one in New York and then one in San Francisco. They also There's do, also one in Germany, yeah. It, yes, I was just about to say they have one in, in Europe and it is just fucking awesome. I, I mean it's it's incredible. And so I'd love to hear about your fulsome experience this year, because it was the fortieth anniversary, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes, that's I was really like, was the fortieth, fiftieth? There was there's a zero there. I don't know. <laughs> I had a blast. It was a very, very good time. Like I said, my first time going, um, past like year or two years, I've been visiting San Francisco and whatnot. I don't have the finances to fly anywhere for work, but I'll drive. Best believe I'll drive. So I, Vegas and San Fran are definitely two good spots to go to. So, um, I went up with some friends um it was gonna be five of us but then it ended up being three of us but totally cool um it was my friend violet faraday who's um a dominatrix and performer and i also with her girlfriend so we went up together the three of us and we got up to a lot of fun the first night not the night that we got there because we got there we were sleepy we go to sleep we drove up there. So Friday that night, we went to a play party together and we did her girlfriend got to do a few different scenes with her. And then I did three different scenes with her. Um, recently, I purchased a curry comb. Do you know what curry comb is? Oh, it's like, yes. Those are awesome. Yeah. So they're like, it's like a horse hairbrush, basically. So it's very, it's steel metal. It's very spiky and stingy and scrapey. So got my, my back 
scraped like hell and my ass beat till I was bleeding, you know, just, just, just a warm up. <laughs> um, and then we did another scene on, that was like this upstairs loft that it was at Transform 1060, wonderful dungeon in San Francisco. Highly recommend going it. My friend Christopher runs it. Very wonderful place. Nonprofit dungeon. Very queer. Very wonderful. So um, there was a play party for that. I think the party was called Queers Please. I think that's what it was called. Um, so after we did the curry comb up on the loft upstairs, went downstairs and she just trampled the hell out of me doing some, you know, bootlicking and then lots of scraping on the curry comb. I'm a very loud masochist. I'm a screamer and a screecher. So that's always fun. <laughs> so um, the next day, Saturday, well, that earlier that day, we went to a Mr. S party. We did not realize that they were having a party there. We just went to go get some lube and poppers from Mr. S, which is a wonderful um, shop and storefront. And they are having a party there. So we partied and danced. And then on Saturday, um, I saw a friend of mine, Blackson, who is um, a professional dom, him and his sub, Rue. So we played together, the three of us. Very fun, very fun. I love to get to, I don't get to play with other trans people very often. So it's especially other trans sadomasochists. So I think what people don't really know about me is I love other masochists. I'm total fucking masochist, but I can get my, my sadist on when I meet other masochists. Cause then I'm like, oh, I know you like, I got you. <laughs> so lots of. Lots of bite, mutual biting and beating up, um, big old welts and bruises on my thighs. Um, that was before the street fair. And then on the street fair, that the actual fair, I did um, a tree tie with my friend and we put a bag over my head. I'm a total exhibitionist, so Folsom is great if you love crowds and people watching you. <laughs> so lots of people watching me and whatnot. So I was very happy about that. After that, I I was like, what did I do? I did three things. I sucked my friend's dick. Um, so that was fun, too. Some guy was watching and being so supportive. He's like, yeah, you're a slut. You're a slut. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> that was, that, I, I love a good audience and a, a cheerleader. So that was cute and fun. Um, sucked his dick and got fucked. Then I sucked that guy's dick a little bit, too. I had to say thank you for all the support. <laughs> Definitely went much more crazy than I usually do. You know, I'm very much on top of my shit, but Folsom's kind of the place. If there's any time of the year to let go, that's it's where it's definitely been. Folsom. Yeah, it's definitely Folsom. So to have a finale at the fair, um, Violet and my friend Mari, Mari Cherry, um, she does rigging and femdom stuff. So she tied me a little bit and her and Violet just co-taught me and beat me up and picked me up and threw me around and flogged me and then violet dry fisted me in the street and i squirted everywhere it was great <laughs> that sounds intense and like a very wonderful weekend i'm sure yeah. you had a fucking blast through all of that yeah and then um after that violet and i performed at the deviance party um cutie, cutie cruising and um we did a performance um she just whipped me flogged me beat me up stepped on me and my favorite part i have these really really wonderful metal clothespins that i think you would like a lot they're horrible um metal clothespins she put them on my chest and then she just by taking she just stepped on me until they came off that yeah. sounds so fun yeah yeah 
they're they're fun ones for sure. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I, I play with clothespins a lot. I, I haven't used metal ones in a while, but that's oh, gonna be my inspiration would like to get to, some. Yeah. I would like to see some metal clothespins flogged off of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely try and make that happen. Just, just a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Uh, like um, I said, I love other masochists. Like I, I get mean when I'm around other masochists. I'm like, you should do this to yourself. Or, no, a hundred percent. I, I love that kind of just support. I mean, I, I love getting into weird situations. I think the most fun I've ever had in my life was that that punching bag scene I got to do. I mean, mm, I love was, being punched. Yeah, punched it's personal and professional satisfaction. Totally. I've been talking to this um, Dom named Wilson Fist on Twitter, and he's been, he's all the way in Chicago, but he's been sent, I, I hate people telling me what to do, but I'm totally like a high pro- protocol kind of king person. So I'm like, you can tell me what to do in a sexual or kinky way. So he's been giving me like some instructions and stuff like that. And lately I've been really into closed fist punching myself in the face. So that's been really fun. I realized that I could, I would be able to come to that, but hey, I'm pretty good at coming to pain, so it's good. That's the best part about being an experimentalist, you know? (laughs) No, totally, a thousand percent. So next goal is to give, either receive from someone else or be my, from myself, get a black eye. I've gotten some bruises, but no black eye yet, so we're, we're working on that. (laughs) I'm crazy. I'll I'll keep my eyes peeled so I can, I can see that myself. <laughs> um, I, I had one more question to you, and I ask this to everyone who interviews with me, and I'll I'll give you the same context that I give them. Um, it, it it you don't have to have an answer for this, and it can be as general or as specific as you'd like, if if that sounds cool. Cool. Because we're talking a little bit more about kink now, and just I know, but people listening may not. You you do present a lot of fun kink activities, both with work and just for personal play you know so this question is geared towards us uh so as a bdsm community what is something that you think we could improve not being gatekeepy exclusive as bitches and being more open to including other people (laughs) (laughs) that's hella fair as far as gatekeeping are are you referencing just like getting in playing with people certain like training things or, or what um no more not like you know that i feel like you know experience is experience you should have it you know or you should be transparent about what experience you have but i mean more like in the sense of like you know like only including certain body types or certain gender identities you know like i feel like you know the gay community for instance they're very not inclusive of fat people of people of color of trans people you know so stuff like that just certain communities needing to be more open or you know studios or other people just willing to give people a chance absolutely i i love that so much so thank you thank you for answering that uh i think it'll be really interesting to kind of track how all these answers come up over time you know um before you before you go where can people interested in in seeing you and supporting your work where can they find you well my website is transturbation masturbation but make it trans and that has all my links so you could choose what realm you would like to do i do full service so that's of availability on rent men um transturbation most of my usernames are transturbation only fans just for fans for much more of the kinky stuff many vids for clips and individual sales and of course, you can find me on X slash Twitter at Transturbation until they burn the place to the ground. I'll be there till the end. 
and Instagram is also Haskell Holland. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and thank you again for sharing your time with me. I had a really great conversation and I think this will be definitely a good resource for others. So thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for thinking of me and having me.